You are listening to Motivating from the Six, episode 94. All the best things in life are on the other side of fear. An interview with author and creator, Miss Lala Lawton. You're going to love this episode. Let's go. Welcome back to Motivating from the Six. This is a podcast that is intended to change your life. It's intended to motivate you. It's intended to inspire you. It's intended to have you stand up in your circumstances, no matter what you're going through, no matter what battles you're facing, no matter what obstacles you have going on in your life right now. It is intended to have you stand up in your circumstances and demand change for the better. I'm your host, Jeff Martin of jeffadmartin.com. Thank you so much for tuning in today. All the best things in life are on the other side of fear. And I'm going to talk about that in a second. But before we do, I just have to say thank you for all of you who have clicked play, for all of you who have subscribed, for all of you who have left a five-star rating and review. And if you haven't done that, please do me a favor, stop right now. Pause, I promise, I will wait for you if you hit pause. Do me a favor, go and leave a five-star rating and review now. Because what it does, it allows for other people who are looking for podcasts to see it come up in the search. It allows other people to find value within this podcast as well. One of my goals in life is to leave value everywhere I go. And if I can bring that through this podcast, if you are able to help me by leaving this five-star rating and review, I love you so much if you can help me to reach my goal. All the best things in life are on the other side of fear. In today's episode, myself and author and creator, Lila Lawton, we talk about this, but I want to give you a bit of a backstory. Will Smith, the rapper and the actor. If you go on YouTube and you type in Will Smith talks about fear, you're going to pull up this video. He's on a talk show and he's talking about skydiving. See, he speaks about his his experience where he goes up in the plane and while the plane is going up, he's sitting there with a ton of regrets. He's thinking, I can't believe I made the decision to do this. I'm going to jump out this plane. I'm going to splat all over the floor. His mind starts racing. His anxiety starts going up. His stress level starts going up. And he's thinking, what am I doing? And then he talks about finally making the jump. And when he makes the jump, he's out in that sky and he's just floating. And all the problems that he thinks about are gone. The arguments that he had with his wife or with his children are gone. The problems that you're facing in life at that moment, they are all gone. All you're thinking about is the blissfulness of floating in air. And what Will Smith says is that all the best things in life are on the other side of fear. On the other side of maximum terror are the greatest things in life. And it's become a quote that I absolutely love. Today, Miss Lila Lawton and I, we speak about fear. We speak about the importance of stepping through fear and why you got to put your gifts into the world. And it's a great conversation because Lila is so open and honest about the fear that she had with putting out this book. Lila created this book. It's called Finding My Way. 
And it's an amazing book because it's not your typical self-help book. It's not a fiction or nonfiction. It really is a book of her art, a book of her poetry and of her photography. And reading it, honestly, it brings me a level of blissfulness as well. Because it gives you a moment just to kind of forget everything else in the world and really appreciate the art that she's able to put out there. I will put a link in the show notes of where you can order this book. Do yourself a favor, order this book. You're absolutely going to love it. And this, again, this podcast episode, we have such a great conversation. I've known Lala for a long time. And let me tell you, I don't open the door for my podcast just to let friends in. You don't get a chance to sit on my podcast just because we're friends. My job, my goal each and every time is to bring you someone who's going to bring you value, someone who's going to add some variety to what you're doing in life and really bring life lessons to you. Lila, even though we've been friends for a while, she definitely brings these life lessons and you're going to learn something today. Listen, all the best things in life are on the other side side of fear. Welcome, Miss Lala Lot. And welcome back to Motivating from the Six. I am with an amazing guest, Miss Lila Lawton. Lila, what's going on? How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Good. I'm so excited to have you on. Lila is not only an author, and we're going to talk about her, her book, but uh, uh, Lila is also a good friend of mine, good family friend. And I'm just excited to have you on. So even though, you know, we go back in terms of friendship, you're here because of what you created. Yes. And so you created this book called Finding My Way. And yes. it's an amazing book. It's, it's not your typical book that you find out there. It's really a combination. I'll let you talk about it. Please take me through your book and mm -hmm. what inspired you to create it. When I was, I didn't intend to create, I didn't set out to create a book. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a journal writer by nature. And um, I was in a pretty rough period of my life, I would say, in a pretty bad headspace. And journaling was what was carrying me through that. Okay. And what I started to do was put together imagery with my journal entries. And something just said to me, I should put these on paper. And so it started off really with just two pages. Mm. And then I added two more pages and then I added two more pages. And I just started to get inspired between the writing and the images and wow. putting those together. And honestly, a year and a half later, I would say to two years, I had 80 pages. And I wow. said, wow, like, you just surprise yourself with what you can do when you push into something. It literally just came out of me, I would have to say. So I would consider it more like a visual journal. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly what I would say. So it's a combination of some of your poems that yeah. you've created and art. Like I'm talking about, so obviously you are a photographer. <laughs> As I go through and I see some of these artsy pictures and you've really captured the essence of of, of plants and flowers and yourself it just just really you know really get into the the basis of what things are like for example i've heard people say that you know once we've named things like for example when you look at a tree mm -hmm. call it a tree you know you look at it and you're like oh that's just a tree 
but we forget or we take away what it really is. It's this living thing that comes out of the ground that has the ability to know what season it's in to sprout leaves, to sprout fruits. Uh, the, the, the seeds in that fruit can reproduce over and over and over again. We take away from what that is when we just call it a tree. Sure. And, and when I look at your art, again, I'm looking at one right now, the flower with the water petals on it, it really brings out the art to it. So yes, it's a flower, but you really see in essence, you know, the, 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 the being of what it is, thank if that makes you. sense. That's awesome. That so makes me feel really good to hear that. So thank you. Yeah, no, I definitely mean it. This is, this is some really good work. And um, again, it, it's very, I don't know if you want to say Zen-like, but it, it's, it's very relaxing in my opinion. And again, the, the, the poems that you put in here are, are solid as well. Thank you. I mean, that's kind of where I was coming from with it. So to know that it resonated in that way is awesome because when I was writing those words and when I was taking those pictures, everything was bringing me a sense of peace and helping me get through whatever I was going through. Mm -hmm. And so to know that that resonates is awesome. Really, really awesome. Well, that's great. So you, as you said, you were going through something in your life and that's what kind of caused you to write the things that you write, you wrote, take the pictures and it all kind of came together. You initially didn't start out by saying, I'm going to create a book. No, I think had I started out like that, I might not have ever done it to be a hundred percent honest with you. Mm. I started off saying, this is what I'm thinking. Let me put this on paper. Okay. And um, there's actually a bit more of a story behind it, if I want to be 100% honest. Let us know. Um, I wrote this entry and I shared it with a friend. Mm -hmm. And I, it, no, like, not what do you think or anything like that. I was just saying, hey, I'm journaling. I didn't even anticipate that they were going to read it. I just thought they were going to look at the picture and be like, that's awesome, you're journaling. And they read it. Okay. And they said, that is awesome. Did you write that? And I was like, yeah. They said, wow, that's amazing. And they sent it without asking me to their chat group. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> so um, he was like, I sent it to my chat group, 20 people. They've all loved it. They all want to meet you. They think this is amazing. Wow. And it threw me, it threw me, it took me back. And so I said, okay. And that's from there I started, I wrote another one and I wrote another one and I wrote another one and it grew from there. So um, he planted that seed by getting that reaction from people. Right. And it just pushed me to say, okay, what more can I do? What more can I do? What more can I do? Mm. And to be honest, every step of the way, I was like, I'm just going to write another one. I'm just going to write another one. I'm just going to write another one until I finally was like, well, maybe I should, put this in an actual book, mm -hmm. you know, maybe I should share this. Okay. Um, yeah. So I don't think I would have done it had I not, had I thought, uh, like you said author at the beginning of this and it just like completely blew my mind. <laughs> so I'm like, that's not me. You know, in my mind, that's what I tell myself. Right. Because the thought of that is so big that it almost scares me. Mm. I, so, I, yeah. I, I hear that. I hear that. I definitely understand that. And I, I want to jump into that as well. We just talked about the, the title of author scaring you. But before we do that, what are you hoping that people will get from your book? Um, I'm hoping that somewhere someone is relating to my words and that it takes them through the way it took me through. Just mm -hmm. to even know 
that someone might be going through the same thing. Mm-hmm. And maybe just that to say, oh, wow, I'm not the only one. Mm-hmm. That's mainly what I'm hoping for. Because the whole time I was going through this, I was like, it's just me. It's just me. It's just me. Mm-hmm. And you, you start to go into yourself and think that you're the only one going through, the, through things. And the minute you kind of open up and share with people, hopefully you're hoping that even if it resonates with one person, right. that that person won't feel as alone as I felt when I was writing it. Mm-hmm. that's what I'm hoping for amazing you know when we can be open and vulnerable with things that are going on in our life that's when people can really resonate to what we are going through because as you said they're going through things as well and oftentimes it feels like we are alone we're the only ones out there who you know on this whole planet we're the only ones who's going through that situation that's what it can feel like but yes okay. when you open up your heart open up your, your your mind and kind of see what else is going on people hear your story you start to really understand that, yeah, there's a lot of people who can relate to exactly what I'm going through. And now you have a group of people who can assist. Yeah, exactly. If you just zoom out, you know, I think I was spending a lot of time focusing on what wasn't working, focusing on where I wasn't in life and what I wasn't doing and all the, the negative things that were going on in my life or maybe certain milestones I hadn't reached or things like that. I was so focused on that. Mm-hmm. And the minute I started to zoom out, I was like, wow, okay, it's not as bad as I think it is. And there's more for more to life than what mm-hmm. I'm focusing on. Mm-hmm. And so I'm hoping that someone will, you know, look at these words and think, like you said, I'm not alone because sometimes we're going through things and we're so caught up in it that we don't realize like someone else is probably feeling something very similar to what you're feeling. And you're right. The sharing, I'm not going to lie, terrifies me. <laughs> the Which sharing is great. terrifies me. Yeah. Which is great because that's what we want to get in today. We want to talk about fear. We want to talk about overcoming fear, stepping through fear. The fear is going to be there always. I don't think it ever goes away. Um, I think some days it's bigger than others, but always stepping through it and getting it done anyway. So you talked about the fact that I threw out the term author. That's exactly what you are. I have your book in my hand. It's a book. It's a physical book. There's words in there that you put in there. There's art that you put in there. It's all uh, pieces of you. You are an author. That's exactly what you are. literally scares me when you say that just terrifies me so why is that um i have gone through life like that with everything Mm -hmm. thinking okay um i'm doing these things i'm doing these things and then the minute someone's like wow you're uh this i think nah that's not me (laughs) you know i think i've downplayed and i think we all do it to a certain degree like any gifts that I have, like, I think I've looked at it as, no, I'm not as good as everyone else is. And I don't know if it's because it goes along with a sense of responsibility as well, right? Like once someone, like you say author, and I'm like, whoa, like, that's a lot of response. That's a big name. (laughs) And I think, you know, I think a number of things. I think, what are authors, authors who have been writing for years going to look at me and say, well, I just wrote this this little book, you know what I mean? And what are they going to look at me and think like, she's not an author. Like, I think that's what it is. It comes from like this fear of judgment, but Mm -hmm. a lot of times we're the ones who are putting the judgment on ourselves and other people aren't even really thinking about it, but that's what goes through my mind 
constantly, like just the fear of the responsibility that goes along with that, the fear of judgment, the fear of not living up to whatever it is I may have started. Mm -hmm. You know, all of those things completely terrify me and have held me back in a lot of ways. You know, like this was a huge uh, thing for me to actually even produce because I think the only reason I got through it, like I said, was because I was like, oh, two more pages, two more pages. Okay. You know, I did it in bite-sized amounts, not without even realizing that I was breaking it down into like little pieces, which was probably subconsciously what I knew was manageable for me. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if I had sat down and said, I'm going to write a book. Right. I probably would have been like, no. And I probably would have found every reason not to do it. Right. Right. Yes. Well, I'm glad that the process that you took, it, it may not be conventional. Um, it may not be the path that everybody takes. Some people set out to write a book, but here you were, you, you set out just to do a couple of pages here and there to see what happens. And here you are. So in the end, you got to the same uh, end goal anyway, because you are an author now. And yes, you are in the same category as J.K. Rowling's and Harper Lee and you know, everyone else who's, who's written a book and myself included, because, you know, again, written a children's book as well. But yeah, I, I love what you say where, you know, it, it, it is, it gives you another, um, it gives you the responsibility. Now, like now you have the, the responsibility of being that author and it almost puts yeah. you in another category. But one of the things I love to say is that when you are able to put your art into the world, your, your, your gift, whatever it is, and for you, it definitely is um, being a photographer and writing uh, poetry. When you put that into the world, it, it, even though it kind of scares us sometimes to step through that fear, there are people out there who will be blessed by what you are able to put out. There's people out there who are able to learn and grow from what you have put out because you put it out there, because you were able to step through that fear. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, I will share that I had a reading, mm-hmm. as you know, um, with my my tribe. I like to call them. This is my close group of girlfriends, yes. and the group I picked um, was a group of women who have contributed to the woman I am today. Mm. And when I shared this with them, what I got—I don't think they realized I wasn't giving them anything they were giving me something and I was completely blown away by how many of them came up to me and said, how did you know what I was feeling? Wow. How did you know what I was going through? How did you, how are you able to, and that really resonated with me because I was like, had I been too scared, mm-hmm. had I held myself back, um, I wouldn't have been able to share this with them. Mm. And I would have missed out on that moment. Yes. So you're right. Sometimes you have to step into that and just say, okay, this is what I am and kind of grab the opportunity, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Is it um, a a, a fear of putting your vulnerability out there? Is that part of it as well, you think? I I definitely, Mm -hmm. definitely. I think um, I'm a very private person by nature. Anyone who knows me knows that in terms of like, I just, if I'm going through something, I'm not necessarily going to share all the time. Mm -hmm. And um, so maybe, yeah, maybe, especially certain times you feel like you have to hold it all together. You have to kind of present this image of 
having it all together and you don't want to necessarily tell everyone, Hey, I'm falling apart. Like my world is falling apart. Mm. And so I think, yeah, I think I was scared about putting out the fact that I was going through something, especially because part, I, I would like, to, I would say part of it is that I didn't even necessarily know what it was I was going through. Okay. While I was in the thick of things, I don't know that I could have acknowledged like, okay, this is why I'm feeling this way, or this is why I'm feeling this way until I started to write things out and work through my thoughts. So yeah, for sure. I think being vulnerable is scary. It's, it's scary opening up yourself, you know, opening up about yourself and sharing that with people. Yeah, absolutely. When you put yourself out there and um, you're open to the criticism and then that criticism comes it can definitely be scary. And I think about celebrities who talk about, you know, not going on social media because of the social media trolls who have things they, they want to say. And some of these celebrities, they do get caught up in reading it. And, you know, going back a couple of years, I can say for myself, I got caught up in something very similar where, of course, I'm not a celebrity by any means, by any stretch of the terms, but some uh, years, but what's that? Yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> that's another topic for another time <laughs> but but years ago um through my nonprofit organization brothers from the six i put in a, a call out to all men in toronto all black men black boys black teenagers in toronto you know come together put on your best your suit and tie your sunday's best and let's come together and take a picture and i wanted to do that to show the younger men that there are role models or mentors here in our city that they can look up to people who are in all different type of professions that they can actually see as role models because oftentimes no matter where you are the media often portrays certain people in a certain way in a negative light and i wanted to show the opposite of that and so you know that went off amazing this is going back a few years ago and so I'm on a high now because it was just an amazing day. Um, the national news came down, they covered it as well. And so I'm on a high for the next you know, a week. And then a friend of mine hits me up and he's like, Jeff, you gotta see what they're saying about you on social media. And he sends me a link. Uh -huh. And so I open this link and people are absolutely dogging the idea. And people are saying, you know, Malcolm X and Martin Luther King were both shot wearing suits. What's this guy, who does this guy think he is? What's he think he's doing? Um, comments about these guys are wearing all horrible Steve Harvey suits and you know some of them were pretty comical I could say that but some of them a lot of them were downright hurtful and I could say that because again I wasn't prepared for that you know here I was trying to do something good for the community for the young men for them to see mentors in our community and here are these guys on the side who after I stepped into my vulnerability doing something out in the open because that's not something I was used to at that point in time they came in and they just tore me down. And so I remember the feeling at that time, but as time went on, I remember talking to my wife and um, talking to some good friends of mine who were involved in the group as well. And they're like, yeah, you can't let that bother you. These people are always gonna be there. Mm -hmm. I've come to learn that yes, they are always there no matter what you do, no matter how popular you might be, there's always people who are gonna tear you down. And mm -hmm. so again, that was a lesson I learned at the time because you know that's not something I, was, I, I would have constantly. But now I've learned that when you step into your vulnerability, there are going to be people who are going to say, it's awful. It's horrible. You know, don't quit your day job. But on the flip side of that, there are people who can learn from your story. There are people who can grow from it. There's people who've been blessed by it. And even going back to that circumstance, for me, there's young men who I still talk to this day who I'm able to mentor this, to this day because of that situation. Wow. You know, wow. so again, being able to step through our vulnerable or step into our vulnerability, 
I think it's so important because there are people out there who can learn, who can grow, um, and you can learn and grow yourself. Yeah, and I think from what you're saying, the goodness that came out of it far outweighed yes. the negatives. Yes. And so sometimes we have to remind ourselves when, when, they're in, when any of those bad things come our way, remind ourselves of the goodness that's on the other side of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's scary. It's scary because people can be mean. Yeah, absolutely. Reason. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, obviously we're in the day and age of social media, so it's instant. You post something and within three seconds, someone's comment is coming in. I think it's always been there, even before the days of social media, for those of you who are old enough to remember that, um, you know, it's just different. It was word of mouth. Yeah. You know what I mean, you might have heard rumors that this person thinks whatever you did was horrible. But now it's instant. You're seeing it. And people who you don't know are in your inboxes leaving messages. And it's, it's horrible how that's, that can stay with us. But again, we have to remember the good that we're doing um, and make sure that trumps the bad, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. I think what I'm learning, um, in addition to talking myself through my fears, mm-hmm. is speaking kindly to myself. Oh, huge. You know, I I spent a lot of time doing things like, I'm not an author. I can't write this. I'm not going to finish this. What if no one likes it? No one might like it. You know, things like that, as opposed to at the end saying, I did it. I worked hard. I completed this. I'm talented. I can do this. Like, you know, we don't encourage ourselves enough Mm -hmm. um, because we let that negative from the outside enter into our own space and sometimes we're more cruel to ourselves than others are oh yeah absolutely yes the things that makes it hard sorry it does no that's you're you're right the things that we say to ourselves are definitely a lot crueler than what someone else outside would say and it's funny because the things that we say to ourselves we wouldn't even say that to our worst enemy a lot of times you know we we, we would not say that to our worst enemy so one of the things i've picked up over the years is Talk to yourself like you would talk to a friend of yours. So if you do fail in something, if you've created something and it's not going the way you wanted it to go, rather than calling yourself names and being down on yourself, talk to yourself like your friend would, or like you would talk to your friend. If your friend did something like that, you know, it's okay. Don't worry about it. We'll get through it. Um, You know, you've, you've created something, which is great. Now it's a platform. You can step on that and create something else. There's a lot of positive things you can say to yourself as opposed to going that down a negative path and it's it's a slippery slope so once you start with one negative thought that multiplies into another negative thought into another negative thought into another yes you know and then you start to believe that yes you know you start to believe that and until you take a moment and say no i'm here for a reason i have talents i am here just as important as everybody else, I have something to give until you start to like actually believe that it's a really, it can be a really rough existence. Yes. You know, and we're in a world now where they tell you if you don't have X, if you don't have Y, if you don't have all these things, you're not necessarily living your best life or you're not worthy or you haven't hit these milestones. So, you know, it's this narrative that we've been fed and everybody has a different version of that narrative, but everybody will have something like I have this, but I don't have this. I have this, but I don't have this. And when do you stop and say, 
I have everything. There's nothing wrong with me striving for more because you definitely should have goals and be working towards things, but you also have to stop and be present and enjoy what you have in the moment. And that's what I came away from this experience with. That's what I've been really working on lately is just like being present. You know, it's really makes such a difference if you just stop and like say, Hey, I'm outside. The sun is shining. Hey, I'm working. I have a job. I get paid as opposed to, God, I got to go to work tomorrow. You know, sometimes it's the narrative you tell yourself and the way you kind of frame things to yourself. And when you stop and like take presence in the moment and appreciate things, that's when, you know, you really can change your perspective Mm -hmm. in life. And um, I think that's what I've been it's a constant work in progress. And that's why the book is called finding my way because I'm not there yet (laughs) through it. But um, yeah, I absolutely agree. I think, you know, if you don't stop and take a moment and acknowledge the greatness that you are, Mm. you will allow other people's images and words and perceptions of you to take over. Yes. The essence of who you are. And you can lose yourself that way. You can. Yes, you can. Yeah, it's really tough. It's it's a tough it's a tough world and I I agree with you that social media has not necessarily brought out new things. You know, there were always mean people, you're absolutely right and there was always going to be judge there's always going to be judgment, there's always going to be opinions, there's always going to be outside influences mm-hmm. but it's just that it's so fast it's so present yes you're so connected yes that you tend to lose you used to be you'd put something out and then you could actually just like sit in that moment mm-hmm. now you put something out and you're like well what do people think about it yeah yeah for sure yeah. It, for sure it created that type of an environment and i think we all have to like take a moment like i've been learning to like take a moment away from that Mm-hmm. and just stepping away like, yeah because otherwise again people's perceptions of you which may or may not be accurate mm-hmm. will eat you alive yeah absolutely so uh harper lee who created to kill a mockingbird mm-hmm. she created a book that just blew the world away so at the time when it was created um they said at some points in the career of the book it out actually outsold the bible like, so we're talking about selling like massive, massive amounts of copies. And of course they made the movie years ago. Uh, I believe Sidney Portier might be in that. If I'm not mistaken, might be wrong. But yes, there was a movie that was created. So at that time, I believe it was the 60s, the 50s, if I'm not mistaken, the book wasn't just, it blew the world away. Hill Harper, when she created it, they said to her at one point, they asked her, they said, what do you think about the fame and fortune of this book? Like, you have just, you know, you've outsold the Bible some years. This movie is just taken off. It's blown up. What do you think of, of, of everything? And she said, I wish I never created it. And wow. so, yeah. And so that book held her back for the rest of her career, for the rest of her life. She never created another book. It said that she was writing another book, and I think it might have been released by her family after she died. But for the most part, she didn't create another book because she couldn't get over the hump of how successful that first book was and the fact that she would just, it would just constantly be in her brain of how do I even, 
how do I create something like that again? How do I top that, so to speak? I've heard even artists talk about that, musical artists. They've created a song that's, you know, has been on the charts for a year or for, for weeks. And then they have a hard time because they're trying to top that last one. But again, because now they're in that vulnerable state of what are people going to say? Are they going to, you know, they love that song. Are they going to hate the next one? And it's so important, again, that we are able to stand in our vulnerability to step through our fears. I'll ask you this. I asked someone this the other day. Um, tell me, what is your favorite movie? Okay, I, it's just going to sound mad corny, but I've always loved Love Jones. <laughs> love Jones? I love Love Jones. That's good. That's good. <laughs> That's good. I, I'm a big fan of Love Jones. Yes. I was going to have to say five heartbeats, but... That, that's mine, but Love Jones. That's classic is a, too. <laughs> love Jones that's is, a, is a, too. I also love the. <laughs> I love it. I love your genre of movies. So let's go with Love Jones. Okay. Love Jones, when that was created, the person who wrote it had to step in vulnerability because at some point they had to show it to a bunch of people to say, "What do you think?" Yeah. Uh, everybody who acted in it had to step in vulnerability because they tried out for these roles to have someone say, "You're good" or "You're horrible." The, yeah. the, the people who created the score, the music for it, same thing. Um, the, the, the artistic directors, the, the, you know, the list goes on and on. The, you know, everyone who's involved in movies, thousands of people, perhaps, all of them at one point or another while making that movie had to step into their vulnerability. They had to show the rest of the world that they were able to do something. And I'm sure there's a ton of people who absolutely hate that movie. They thought that Lorenz Tate was a horrible actor. And there's people like yourself and myself who love the movie. Yeah. Right? So you're not going to please everybody. But all of them, everybody involved in that movie, had to step in vulnerability. And mm -hmm. I say that all the time. Every song that Beyonce's put out, every joke that Kevin Hart has told, every, uh, you know, whoever it is, they have to step in their vulnerability and be judged. But when you are, you put out some amazing work of art into this world you put out amazing pieces of, of of you into this world you put out an amazing book called finding my way because <laughs> you stepped into that vulnerability you stepped through your fear and into that vulnerability whether people like it or they don't mm -hmm. you put it out there and again it gives you an opportunity now to stand on top of it and create something else it, i i know it's going to open doors for you because my book is open doors for me um, and so, you know, you may have 10 more books in you, you may have a play in you, you may have a, you know, the world is, it's wide open for you because you've created something like this already. Wow. Yeah. It's awesome to hear. It's scary, but awesome to hear. And you're right. Once you, I think that was the scariest part for me was because you and I've had this conversation. I'm like, I don't want to put it out there. Yes. I don't want to put it out there. <laughs> and, um, but I keep reminding myself um, that I'm capable, but also if you have a message or you have something to share, it's kind of your duty. Yes, I love that. To share your art, right? You're about to preach. Go ahead. Yeah, Go ahead. what good is it serving anyone, right? Mm -hmm. When you have it, like, if every day I come home and I, like, open this and I think, okay... I, I'm going to read this every night, me, one, by myself, nobody else is going to be able to read it, then, okay, that's all well and good, but what if you could help one person? What if 50,000 people hate it and one person is like, man, this saved my life, or man, this got me through a really dark moment? I thought about that, and I said, well, that would mean something to me, even if just one person, if yes. it resonated with just one person. Yes. Because 
I just keep thinking, like, I think as I start to become, I learn more about my history and I learn more about like, not just my family history, but my people's history. I think, wow, like they did things far more terrifying than just putting out a book. Yeah. You know, and I don't want to get to the end of my life and know that I did this and I just kept it to myself. And then what? Mm -hmm. 20,000 years later, someone finds this book into in like some random box and they say, wow, wow, this was amazing. I wish someone had shared this earlier. You know, generations of people might have enjoyed it. Maybe no one enjoys it. But, you know, I just think you have to take that chance. And I do believe you have a talent. You have to share it. Mm. You know, there's a lot of people who have put out things. They don't even know who I am. I don't know. I, you know, we've never met. Um, and they're not even necessarily like, celebrities but they share their art they share their words i go on um social media all the time and come across people who have written words and i'm like wow that took me through today yeah yeah you know? i listen to your podcast and that takes me through my day sometimes i'm like <laughs> man jeff is giving me a word this morning you know and that makes a difference yeah life and so to think like the the power of knowing that if i kept that to myself mm. what why would I keep that to myself? Yeah. So I have an issue with the public thing and I have an issue with, you know, my face kind of being out there and I'm, I, I really do. But at the same time, it's less about that and more about the exchange of something positive, you know, sharing yeah. art is something positive. An artist who paints but keeps all their paintings in a box somewhere, it's their duty to share that art, I think. You know, if they, you know, that, if it can help someone. Yeah, absolutely. I, I always say that the best book that this world has ever seen, if it's sitting on your laptop and it's never been published, it does nobody any good. You know, a, a book that's so-so and it's been, you know, published and it's sitting in the bookstores, at least it's out there. You know what I mean? But the yeah. best book sitting on the laptop is not doing anybody any good, not doing anybody any favor. So, no. yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, if it's a book and it's 80 pages and one line makes a difference, then, mm-hmm. you know. So, so 79 blank pages? 79. <laughs> <laughs> Just one page, one line, and that's good. The rest of the pages are blank. One line. <laughs> if it blesses someone, then that's all that matters. <laughs> it's true. You know, I just, I think, you know, I think I've learned a lot, like, over the last couple of of years just even watching my dad you know he went all these years working mm-hmm. in IT and then he retired and he's like I'm gonna paint yes out yeah. of the blue became a painter and started painting and like just sharing that with the world like you know putting his stuff in art shows and sharing his paintings with people has taught wow. me that you can share stuff open yourself up you never know what you might get what you might receive, you know, in mm-hmm. return. And it's not about getting something from someone, but it's about you get something in knowing that something you did might've resonated with someone. That's mm-hmm. what you get in return. Cause it's not about, you know, selling books or getting any accolades because anyone who knows me knows that that's not really. That's not who you are. Yeah. yeah. Um, but making a difference, like, you know, you've, you created a book that's awesome and that just like speaks to inspiration that that book is just a book of inspiration and so it's like knowing i'm sure for you anytime you see 
just a kid open up that book and read it, you, you get something in return as well. Right. Like, yeah. So it's kind of that like exchange of something positive Mm -hmm. that I feel like it's our duty. Like if I have something that I can share with you that can help you, Mm -hmm. it's kind of like someone, it's kind of like when you go to a new job and then the person knows completely how to do your job, but, Mm -hmm. or they have information that can help you, but they don't tell you anything. And it's like, why would you keep that all to yourself? Right. Yes. It's kind of like that. Like, I think we have an opportunity. We have an obligation to like help each other. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, we do can help somebody. Why not? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Les Brown, the uh, the speaker, he says something that I love, and coincidentally, I heard it again today. So I, I think there's a reason why, because of what we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. He says, "Imagine you come to the end of your life, and you're lying at your deathbed, and around you, you have your dreams, your goals, your 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 visions, and they're all staring at you with angry eyes, and they're all saying to you, we came to you.'" to put us into the world. We came to you. It was your responsibility to put us out so everybody can learn from all these ideas and goals that we, that we are. And you let us die with you. Wow, that's powerful. Yeah. Absolutely it is. Because we all have the ability to create. And I heard somebody say once that if the idea has come to you, that's, that means that it's in your realm, it's in your grasp to create it. Yeah. Because it's come to you. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I never want to come to the end of my life knowing that I had these ideas, these opportunities, and I threw them away, not knowing, you know, where they could have gone. If they, you know, ultimately, if I create it and it doesn't go anywhere, then that's fine. There's so much I've learned in that process, but I can't leave this world knowing that all these ideas were given to me and I didn't even try. Yeah, it's almost like taking this gift that we have called life and just like saying, well, it's just a given. Yeah. Yeah. Something to give to contribute to like this world and universe that we have here. Keeping it to yourself almost seems unfair. It does. It does. It really does. And, and for me, I've said this as well. I don't need my name in lights. I don't need my name on a big stage. You know, if I'm blessed to have that one day, then that that's fabulous. But I don't need that. But I want the essence of me to be here once I'm gone. And what I'm talking about is, you know, at one point in time, somebody created the pencil, someone created the watch, somebody created the cell phone, someone created the chair, someone created the laptop where we're speaking to each other on, the headphones I got on, someone created that. And a lot of those people are nameless. When you go back in time, you can't, I don't know who invented the pencil. Maybe it's there, maybe it's written down, I don't know. But my point being is that the essence of who they were is still here because they created something and left it behind. And my goal and my duty is to do the same thing. It may not be something uh, tangible uh, like a book, but if I can, you know, through my words, inspire someone and that inspiration moves down generation to generation, then I've done my job. And again, as you said, we just don't want to be born and take life for granted. We have these ideas that are given to us, then let's execute them. Step through those fears and execute them. Would you agree? For sure. I think also if it's something that there's, you feel this calling to do, then if you don't feel, I, I mean, I do believe that like, if you have something in you and you, I think get, I always say, get it out. There's, mm-hmm. You have to get it out. And you don't want to come to the end and be like, man, I had all this in me and I didn't share it. Mm -hmm. I just think like it's our responsibility. Like this, what we have is a gift. 
but we also have gifts to give. Yes. You know, so I, I don't know. I think allowing fear to take over is almost like um, allowing ourselves to shy away from what our greatness truly is. Mm. And I think you don't know how big you can get because if you don't step into these things, you'll never know what the potential is. Right. And I think that ultimately at the end of my life, even though I'm, I am like the biggest scaredy cat of everything (laughs) in life. I, everything terrifies me. (laughs) Anything like that has to do with putting myself out there. Absolutely terrifies me. But I think, as you said, I don't want to be sitting on my deathbed and realize, Mm -hmm wow, I didn't, I didn't leave the legacy. Mm-hmm. Anything you put out, anything, any words you speak to someone, anything you share, anything you do, that's your legacy. Mm-hmm. And if you don't leave your legacy in some way, shape or form, then what was it worth? Yes. Yes. Why were you here? You know? I think we, that's a question we even have to ask ourselves why we're here and not to get too deep with it. But, you know, if you can look at yourself and ask that question, why are we truly here? Then, yeah, I think you're always going to come to the answer of I was here to put something into this world. And I think there's a, I always believe there's a reason why we were born when we were born in the country that we were born, to the parents that we were born. There's a reason why you are the age that you are at now. I know you're in your young 20s right now, so. (laughs) 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 But, (laughs) you know, I think there's a reason why we, you know, we were born and, again, created at this time. Like, why wasn't I born in the 1940s? Why was I not born in the year 2040? There's a reason why I was born now, because whatever it is that I'm supposed to put in the world is meant to be here now. So someone else after me can build on it and create something bigger and better or different, whatever. But there's a reason why things are the way they are. There's a reason why I was born now. There's a reason why we are in each other's life. I think it's all for a purpose. And so, you know, if we can look at that, we can, I think we can come to the conclusion to say, okay, well, I'm here now to do something. I don't know what that is. Maybe I got to figure that out. But, you know, the ideas that come to me, um, let me produce that. Let me put that out there because these are things that I'm able to do. And maybe that's why I'm here. Maybe that's the essence of why I'm here. Yeah, for sure. And whatever that is, like, it doesn't have to be this grand thing. Like, everybody's calling is different. Right. Sometimes when we see what other people's callings are and we look at our calling, sometimes we think, well, mine doesn't measure up. And so then you don't step into who you truly are supposed to be and what you're truly supposed to be doing Mm -hmm. because you think it doesn't measure up to what everyone else is doing. But no, when you step into what your purpose is, and I'm not going to say that I'm there yet. I'm going to say that, you know, I'm getting there. Yeah. Get close to that you'll know because you feel it Mm -hmm. you know and whatever that is like I definitely don't want it to come off like you have to do this major thing because that's what held me back a lot of years Mm -hmm. thinking that it had to be this very specific thing and then when I looked at what everyone else was doing I thought well what I'm doing is nothing like that so Mm -hmm. it doesn't measure up it's just not good enough and back to that negative self-talk, then you talk yourself back away from doing what you were, what you were meant to do. 
Mm -hmm. So we all have to like sit back and think, okay, what is my, what is my calling? What am I meant to do? What do I want my legacy to be? Whatever that is, you know, I was a good daughter. I was a good friend. I Mm -hmm. was a good mother. I was a good this, whatever it is, but you Mm -hmm. have to step into it and also validate it and within yourself, not with Mm -hmm. other people validate that within yourself. Once you validate that within yourself, then you're like, okay, I am somebody, mm-hmm. you know, cause sometimes, I don't know. I find I'm definitely some of my fear is not measuring up. Right. Like mm-hmm. not being as good as what I think everyone else is or what I perceive other people to be when I don't know if they're over there looking at somebody else thinking, no, I'm just not good enough. It's like, we're all out here almost in our minds comparing ourselves to other, like you just don't know what other people are thinking. Like that person could have it so together, but you don't know if they go home and like have the same issues that you have, you know, we all all tend to think that we're the only ones going through things because sometimes we get caught up in ourselves, which is natural, Mm -hmm. but sometimes you have to stop and think wow, like I'm not the only person that might be going through this. Someone else might be going through this. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think learning to, to, to answer your calling and figure out like who you are and, you know, that's a lifelong thing, I think. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, you're always going to be in some way, shape or form working towards that. If you're yes. Not, you know, I think, I, I just think that that's what we're all doing. I think we're all working towards who we're meant to be. And some of us get there later. Yes. They're earlier. Yeah, absolutely. I'll often use uh, celebrities as examples and I'll use them because everybody knows when you call, when you say Kanye, when you say, you know, Jennifer Lopez, people know who these people are. So it's, it's easy to call them out um, in terms of a comparison. But you know, the truth of the matter is, is that when you look at the most influential people in the world, when you look at the most richest people in the world, and of course it's not about money, but I'm making a point here. When you look at the most richest people in the world and the history of the world, they're not the celebrities. They're not the big singers that you know. The most richest and influential people in the world are not the, the name brand people who come across your screen during you know, Entertainment Tonight or, or, or TMZ, right? It's people who have put something into the world and have made a difference in some sort of way. When you think about the creator of Microsoft, the creator of Amazon, the creator of, of, of the Apple phone, you know, these are people who have created something. Again, at some point in time, they put their ideas in front of people. And I'm sure because humans are humans, mm-hmm. someone said that idea is, is corny. But, you know, they've created something that has changed the landscape of the world. Yeah. And again, they've done this um, stepping into their vulnerability. And so, as you talked about, we can't compare ourselves to other people because, yes, someone may look like they have it together, but we don't know what they're going through. But my walk is going to be totally different than your walk. And if even if you and I are both aiming to become doctors or aiming to open, you know, a pizza business you know, it's still going to be different. Your vision of that is going to be different than my vision. And like you said, my path may be a lot slower than yours. Mm -hmm. Um, But in the end, you know, we get to that, our goal, whenever we get there. But again, like you said, we can't compare ourselves to other people. We have to walk our own journey. Yeah, because I think that's where a lot of us get kind of tied up. You know, you go through, and I mean, it's natural. So you, mm-hmm. you're young, you go to school, you finish school, you get a job, you go through these like milestones, mm-hmm. these marks. 
But when you get that job and you're working, then you're like, what's next? Yes. Right? Yeah. You're forced to think, what's next? Yes. And um, sometimes you can get tied up in that, that whole, I'm supposed to do this, and then I'm supposed to do this, and then I'm supposed to do this. And then the minute you have to stop and think, but what do I want? Yeah. Yes. What do I want? You know, um, maybe your path is not to go to college or university. Maybe your path was to go directly and start your own business or mm. to travel or to go and visit, a, to go and move to another country. Like you don't know, but a lot of times we get caught up in this, what I'm supposed to be doing, what everyone else is doing, what the world expects of me, what my parents expect of me, what my family mm. expects of me, you know, and it can, it can, it can suffocate you. It can, yes. You allow it to. And I think in some respects, I was going through that. And I think that's where the fear came in. I can't, I can't write a book, for example. Like, mm. I have to work and I have to make this money and I have this goal to make this much by this year and do this and do that. And so you, you write yourself into a corner. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, you know, you kind of... Pull, pull away all the other things out of your mind and all of that, like whatever shape you think it is or however you talk to yourself, it all stems from fear. For mm -hmm. me, anyway, it mm -hmm. all came from fear and whatever that comparison that I can't, that all that stuff, it was all about, it was all coming from fear. Mm -hmm. And to this day, I still struggle with it. So what I do sometimes is I say yes first. Mm -hmm. We talked about that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Tell, yeah. Talk about, talk more about that. So, um, my, in my life, everyone who knows me knows I'll usually say no first. Okay. Um, because I don't want to commit myself to something that I can't follow through on. So if someone asks me to do something, I'll be like, ah, I don't think I can. I'm not sure. Maybe I'll let you know that all comes from fear mm -hmm. because I, I would say, Oh, this person wants me to do, X, but I'm terrified. Like, okay, Jeff has asked me to come on his podcast. I am terrified. <laughs> so I'm going to say, okay, let me think about it. I'll let you know. I'll mm -hmm. get back to you. Maybe next month, maybe next year. <laughs> that, that's how I would rationalize things. Okay. And so now what I, what I tend to do is if I, I think if you listen to your gut, you tend to know what it is that you want to do and what you don't want to do. There's going to be certain things that are going to present themselves in your life that you're going to be like, nah, this is not for me. Mm -hmm. There's yes. going to be things like that. But then there are things that in your core that you know, okay, this is a moment that I should take advantage of. This is something that I should step into because this is going to be a good experience for me. Mm -hmm. But I'm scared. Yes. And so if you don't learn to recognize, because I don't think I really recognized certain things as fear. I was just like, well, I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. That was my like reaction. That was kind of like my automatic reaction. Well, I don't want to do that. Well, I don't want to do that. But then I realized when, when you asked me, I was like, I'm going to say yes. Mm -hmm. Because if I say, I'll let you know, or I'll think about it, or yeah, let's talk about this in a month. I'm going to find reasons to not do it. Right. I'm also going to think my way out of doing it. Yes. I'm also going to talk myself out of doing it because I do a lot of that. 
And so saying yes first puts me in the mode of, well, now I have a responsibility to mm -hmm. do that. Which is also scary, which is also another level of scary. Yes, it is. But it also feels good on the other end. Mm -hmm. when you've done it and you realize, wow, well, that wasn't so scary. And so mm -hmm. then that gives you the strength to try something else, mm -hmm. to attempt something else that scares you. And so now what I've started to learn is, okay, what do I want to, do I want to do this? Something presents itself to me. I almost tell myself, if this opportunity has presented itself to you, there's a reason. And so you have a duty to at least see where it goes. Yes. Try it out, see what happens, you know? Absolutely. The acronym for fear, they say, is face everything and rise, which I think is, is perfect to what you're talking about there, that we really have to just face it and keep going forward anyway. And, you know, we often ask ourselves, going back to you talking about being an author um, or, you know, anybody really of when they're trying to get to a certain area, and we ask ourselves, why me? Why me? But really, why not you? You know, why, why, why not you? Like, you know, again, I always go back to Beyonce. Beyonce wasn't born this big celebrity when she came out of the womb. She was a regular chick and she's a regular chick now. But, you know, um, we see her on TV all glamorized and her hair is done and she's dancing, doing her thing. She's, she's Beyonce, like stars. You know what I mean? Beyonce. But she didn't start out that way. Um, you know, I often say, you know, Martin Luther King, you know, he didn't start out as this big name person. He was just someone who was sick and tired of seeing the things going on in his community and wanted to make change. Mm -hmm. So when we see these people in their names are in lights and they're in stardom and we say, you know, we look at ourselves and like, well, why would that happen to me? But why not you? And again, I'm not talking about stardom. I'm just talking about creating whatever it is you want to create, um, creating that business, that book, that, that app, opening that store, whatever it is we want to create. Why not us? Because again, like we were created to be great. We were created to put things into this world. And again, I go back to what we talked about earlier. Um, the fact that we we're born now, I believe that means that there's something I'm supposed to create right now that the world needs. So why not me? Why, why not me? And why not you? <laughs> Yeah, and the thing, I don't, I think we forget to remind ourselves that we don't start off amazing mm -hmm. in the sense that we are amazing beings and we do have talents and that sort of thing, but we get better the more yes. we do things. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes that first step, even though it's scary and you may produce something that's not your best work, mm -hmm. may lead you to your best work. Yes. And I think we forget to tell ourselves that because... Mm -hmm. Um, there's this awesome quote by Ira Glass, and it's quite long, so I'm, I, and I don't know it off by heart, but basically what he's saying is that we start off, when, you're, when you start off doing any type of creative work, the one thing you have is your taste level. You have this amazing taste. You can recognize something that is really great, but your work that you're producing doesn't measure up to what your taste level is. Mm. That is the point where most people quit. Okay. Oh, I don't like this. So I'm going to stop doing this. Right. Because your taste level is up here, but the work you're producing may be, you know, not quite there yet. Right. And so you, you look at the work you're producing and a lot of people quit. And he's like, no, that is the very moment where you're supposed to continue working and producing because mm -hmm. you're going to get better mm -hmm. and meet your taste level. Mm, okay. And I suffered from that so badly. Anytime mm -hmm. I would try something, I would be like, I want to do this. And then I would do it the first time. And I'm like, 
that is awful. <laughs> and then I would never do it again. I'm talking, I could list a million things that I've tried to do and I produce something and I'm like, no, I don't like that. And I never attempted it again because it was like, you're turned off, right? You've tried it and it comes out awful, but he's right. You know, Beyonce didn't get amazing overnight. She no. worked really, yes. really, really hard mm -hmm. and kept working at it. You know, Bob Marley didn't become the, I mean, these are people who are gifted, but we're all gifted. Yes, we are. Yeah. You know, and if you continue to work at it, you can accomplish anything. You know, mm. I'm really starting to learn that, you know, because we, we are fed this narrative or maybe this is what we believe that like, oh no, they're up here. As you said, these are like special, extraordinary people that are like kind of on another level from me. Mm. We all have something to give. We all have something to contribute. And so... Yes. If you keep telling yourself that, then you start to think, well, I don't, what I have to contribute is not good enough. And then that's where you kind of go back to this whole, what we were saying before you tell yourself, well, I'm not good enough to do this. And then you don't put what you have, you don't share what you have out there when that could resonate with somebody. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, once you start that process, you keep working at it, keep working at it, keep working at it. You have no idea the amazing things that you're capable of creating and you have an obligation to go through that process. Yes, you really do. You really do. You have an obligation because it's in you mm -hmm. and it's in you to produce. It's in you to share. Yes, absolutely. You know, I think we need to start and it. And like I said, it's anything, you know, it's anything, whatever you have that is in you to share. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's talking to people daily. Maybe it's, listening maybe it's it could be anything but you have that obligation mm -hmm. to do it and the more you do it the better you get oh, yes for yeah. sure and, and we like to let ourselves off the hook when we say well that person you know they created this so they're whatever so you know they're, they're a lot better than me or this person well they're born with this amount of money so you know of course they're gonna do it we let ourselves off the hook because oh. now we're giving an excuse to the reason why that person is successful and we're not, why that person was able to open that business and we couldn't. We let ourselves off the hook. So we got to stop using those excuses because yes, life is not fair. There's going to be some people who are born with the silver spoon, the gold spoon, the diamond crusted spoon. Mm -hmm. But when it's all said and done, you know, we have an ability to create within our own realm. You may not create that huge app, but you can create you know, something behind the scenes that's going to be just as successful or just as needed in this world. You know, we all have the ability to do that. Yeah. And I mean, it's like you're speaking to my life when you talk about like excuses, like, you know, letting ourselves off the hook because I am the queen of excuses. <laughs> I can't do this. And it all comes from like me trying to rationalize my fears. Yes. That's what, it, that's where it comes from. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's like, you're trying to like, make a case for why you can't do this because you don't want to face something that terrifies you. Mm -hmm. and it's like, but what if I just did it? Yeah. Yeah. But what if I just did it? And I think that's what I learned through this whole process. And that's why I think I keep telling myself, I don't care what comes of it. Mm -hmm. I really, really don't at this point. Mm -hmm. I set out not even to do this. And I surpassed what I thought I was capable of. Mm -hmm. And so that right there was a win for me. Yes. I don't necessarily have need for anything more to come of this. Mm -hmm. 
like I said, if it resonates with somebody, that'll mean something to me. But at the core of me, what I've done is proven myself, proven to myself that my fear means nothing. Mm. That's what I've done. You know, yeah. I've kind of proven to myself that all of these excuses and letting myself off the hook was invalid. Mm-hmm. Because look what I've created. Yes. You know? And I think we all have that moment where we're like, I can't do this. And as you said, we come up with reasons to mm-hmm. let ourselves off the hook. But the minute you just push through that, and sometimes it's not a big push, it's just a little, you know, push. Mm-hmm. Um, you show yourself that those excuses mean nothing. Yeah. You know, and for everybody, like you said, it's different. And that's another thing I told myself, you know, I said, imagine all these other people who don't have the resources I have. They don't have a laptop. They don't have pen. They don't have paper. They, you know, what if they have, there's people who have done a lot more with a lot less than what I am blessed to have. Yes. So I kept telling myself that as well, because again, you're going to keep telling yourself all these excuses as to why you can't do it. When people have done way more. Yes. With less. Yes. And so um, I think, you know, I've, I'm just really grateful that I was able to show myself one thing that um, I'm capable of that I didn't think I was before. <clears throat> you know, like if you had asked me last year that this is something that I would have done, I wouldn't, well, not last year, but like before I started this whole process. Yes. I said, no, there, why, there's no way I could do that. I can't because of a million reasons. Right, know? yes. I've shown myself that those reasons are, they mean nothing. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I remember reading a book by Brene Brown, and she speaks about fear. And mm-hmm. I'm trying to find it as I'm speaking to you, but I don't think I can find it at this point in time. I was trying to find um, uh, one of Brene Brown's letters to fear that she wrote, I believe in her book, Rising Strong. And where she, it's an open letter to fear. Ah, I think I found it. Let me read this here. Fear, I recognize and respect that you are part of my family. And so I will never exclude you from from activities. But still, your suggestions will never be followed. You're allowed to have a seat and you're allowed to have a voice, but you are not allowed to have a vote. You are not allowed to touch the roadmaps. You're not allowed to suggest details. You're not allowed to fiddle with the temperature. Dude, you're not even allowed to to touch the radio. But above all else, my dear old familiar friend, you are absolutely forbidden to drive. And I apologize, that's Elizabeth Gilbert. That's from Elizabeth Uh, Gilbert. Oh, I love her. That's why I couldn't find under Brene Brown, it's Elizabeth (laughs) Gilbert. And yes, like that sums it up to me. You know, fear is going to be there. It's always going to be around. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's going to help you in situations, but we should never allow it to block our blessing. We should never allow it to block our opportunities to create something, to do something in this world, to, to leave a legacy behind. Because in the end, you know, fear is there. You know, as they say, it goes back to our, uh, to the brains of the, you know, ancestors when they were running away from saber-toothed tigers and such but that's not something that we need in this day and age we need to step through that and to become our best selves for sure and speaking of elizabeth gilbert she has a quote that i like spoke to me she wrote have you read her book called big magic 
Yes, I have. Okay, so there's a quote where she talks about, I think in your 30s and 40s, you worried about what other people think. And then as you get older, that quote, oh my God, when she talks yes. about when you were in the 80s and 90s and you realized they were never thinking of you. Yes, yeah. One of my favorite quotes. And it's true. Mm -hmm. You know, we go through this life wondering what people are going to think about and what they think of us. And then you realize everyone's living their own lives. Yes. No one really cares. No one really cares. Mm -hmm. And so if you're going to stop your life or stop doing something that you want to do or not pursue something that you want to do or not experiment into something that you want to try because of what other people are going to think, you're really missing out. And they were never thinking of you in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. You're so right. It's, Even if even if they jumped in your DMs and left you a, a stupid comment, they've moved on. They've moved they've on. They, have, they haven't given you a second thought. Exactly. They come in, they leave that, and they're gone. They're living their life. Mm -hmm. And you're still here days later thinking about those words that they left mm -hmm. for you. Yes. When they've moved on. They're living. The, it's like it's, it can mess you up sometimes if you let it, you know? And so I am like, learning this is a pro like fear is kind of almost like an unlearning for me mm -hmm. because that's been almost like my default mm. my first instinct is to be fearful yeah yeah you know and I to not do things out of fear my first instinct is to just say no i'm not going to do this mm -hmm. so much so that i stopped recognizing things that i genuinely didn't want to do from things that I was just scared to do. Mm. And that, that those, those waters became very muddy for me. Wow. And so I was just saying no to everything at a certain mm. point. Mm. And it's only now recently that I've started to come back into, okay, this I want to do, this I don't want to do. Like I'm coming, becoming more clear on things that I want to do versus things that I'm just scared of that I really should push myself to do because it's something I genuinely want to do. I'm just saying no out of fear. Mm. Mm. and that can really be it's paralyzing yeah it's, it's so paralyzing and you get caught up in this day-to-day -day, right because we have we all have this routine you get up in the morning everyone's routine is different you know mine is get up in the morning go to work come home go to sleep get up in the morning go to work come home go to sleep it's just this endless loop and yes. then someone says let's do something that's completely out of whoa 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 yeah yeah <laughs> i don't know about that you know yeah. mm -hmm. so um i started to realize that i was missing out on mm -hmm. a lot of things mm. on a lot of things because i was just saying no mm. and i still do but i'm learning in certain situations is this your fear talking mm. Is this something that you really don't want to do? And that has, it's taken some, some, some time to, to like almost relearn. Well, you've recognized it, which is the first step, right? Because a lot of people don't recognize that we, we learn a lot from our parents, from family, and they've learned it from their family and they're teaching us the, the best that they know how to do. But oftentimes it's fear that we're taking on from them as well. And I believe, you know, that's where some of my fears come from. But when you can recognize it and acknowledge it um, at that point in time, that's when you can start saying yes, as you have been doing. And 
you know, really start changing your life and, and start doing the things that you really want to do. Uh, start jumping into the opportunities that scare you, but you know what's going to lead you to a new path that you want to go down. That's when you start to attack those things the way you need to because you recognize it. So that's the way to go about it. Yeah. And then as time goes on, you stop allowing outside forces, mm -hmm. outside voices to help support those excuses that you were making before because that's another thing that can really trip you up right like you can come across an opportunity and you can say oh maybe i'll do it and someone could say i wouldn't do that if i were you mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i don't think that's a very good idea mm -hmm. and then you say well maybe they're right mm. and so again you've allowed something else to support like if you don't stand strong in what you, I'm learning now, if you don't stand strong in what you believe in or what you want for yourself, anyone can come along and sway you. Yeah, yeah. You know, and if you allow anyone to come along and sway you, it doesn't necessarily mean that that was, because then they will, they will support that by saying, well, that wasn't a good idea. I mm -hmm. helped you. Mm -hmm. But their path is not yours. Yeah. Yeah, their dreams are not yours. Their visions are not yours. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it it you, you stop yourself from doing things out of fear. Sometimes they stop you from doing things out of their fears for you. Mm -hmm. You know, I love you so much. I'm scared. I don't want you to. Yes. Do yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know, but if you stand strong in, I truly believe that if, say you wanted you say you said okay I'm gonna go outside for a walk. It's three o'clock in the morning. I'm going to go for a walk. And I say, I wouldn't do that if I were you. Mm -hmm. It's not the safest out there. I don't think that's a good idea. If you turned around and you said, no, I'll be fine. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'd back off. Right. But yeah. if you say, oh, really? You're right. Yeah. You might be right. Right? I've now stopped you from doing something that could have been the greatest experience of your life. You could have mm -hmm. gone outside at three o'clock in the morning and seeing some great stars like who even knows you know what yeah, i mean yeah these experiences out of their fears for you yeah so yeah. it's not only your own fears that you have to worry about other people place fears on you yeah yeah and oftentimes as you said it's the people who love you the most but they don't know how to allow you to walk your own path yeah yeah mm -hmm. i mean you don't some of the greatest people that i know know what they know because they made some mistakes, they stepped into their fear, and they mm -hmm. made some mistakes, and they learned some lessons. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Who wants to end up at the end of life not having learned any lessons, just mm -hmm. having knowing things based off of what everyone else did? Mm -hmm. I never did yeah. this because this person did this, and it didn't work out for them, so I never did this. I never did. I'm not saying you don't listen to people and take people's advice, because, you know, if someone tells you don't step into that hole, like, obviously <laughs> don't be stuck in the hole right <laughs> let's use common sense but like there's certain things that someone like that you don't want to and i don't want to end up at the end of my life and say i never experienced anything because mm -hmm. everything i was going to try people told me not to do it because of their fears for me mm -hmm. and so they had all the experiences and i just lived this super safe life where mm -hmm. i didn't learn anything mm -hmm. yeah. some of the smartest people i know are smart because they went through some things. Yes, of course. 
right? Some of the strongest people I know are strong because they went through some things. Yes. yes. Now you don't, they don't want you to have to walk the path that they had to walk. And mm-hmm. I'm not just talking about your parents, which is your friends, your peers, people around you. Like they're looking out for you. They want what's best for you. But mm-hmm. sometimes if something is a calling for you, regardless of what everyone else's fears are for you, mm-hmm. that is a path that you, or a lesson that you are meant to learn. Mm, mm, I love it. That that's that's amazing, Lila. In the interest of time, yes. I, I I could do this for another four hours. I really could. This is this is really very intriguing to me, and I love talking about fear because it allows me to step through my fears to continue mm-hmm. to do the things I want to do. But just in the interest of time, I would love to ask you to let everybody know where is this book available? Where can they get it? Um, well, it's on, I printed my book through blurb.ca, such a weird name, B-L-U-R-B.ca. And, um, I'll give you the link and they can buy it through the website. They can order it through the website. Perfect. And again, Lila Lawton, Finding My Way. What else do you have going on? Do you have any, when's part two and part three coming out? Uh, (laughs) Um, I'm, I'm actually starting to pull together ideas. So there may be a part two. Ah, Beautiful. And you have a blog as well, right? I have been so bad with my blog, so I'm not even going to say the name of that blog because it's (laughs) so bad. But it is, um, I do have a blog called anaswishere.com, but it's under construction, so I'm reworking it, and I'm hoping that I'm going to come back with it greater than ever. This book required me to just kind of reinvigorate that whole side of what I was doing. So stay tuned. Fabulous. Fabulous. I got two questions for you before we close, but first and foremost, I just want to say thank you so much for the the conversation of speaking about fear. And this is something that everybody from, you know, from whatever entry level position to the highest to CEOs to presidents. I've heard people talk about uh, President Clinton having fear in certain elements when he was in office in the United States, you know, from every level, people are people and we are going through fear all the time. So thank you so much for the conversation about stepping through fear and you are living it right now, again, basically with your book, but you have stepped through it because you put your book out into the world. Thank you for having me. It's, this has been an awesome experience. You helped me face a huge one. Oh man, I'm glad. I'm glad I could. <laughs> so I have last two questions. So okay. my first question is my Oprah question. Okay. What do you know for sure? I know that I am blessed. Um, and I know that I have something to share and something to contribute. That's what I know for sure. Mm. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. The last question I want to ask you is, I know you're not a speaker, but we're going to work you up to that. We're going to get you there because now that you got your book out, we're going to get you prepared for that stage. So I know you're not a speaker in that sense of the term, a public speaker, but however, you have somebody who's listening who wants to put out their book. They want to put out their business. They want to create that app. They want to put something into the world and they're being blocked by that fear. They're, they're scared of what people are going to think, what people are going to say. They have the excuses that you talked about. Mm-hmm. In the next minute, if you could speak to that person directly and help them to step through their own fears. Okay, well, what I would say Things are scary. Tackling something is scary. Start small. You want to write a book? Write a line. 
you want to start a podcast, record a podcast, do all these things as though no one is watching or listening or paying attention, that will make you completely comfortable. And then just pour yourself into it. That's the first step. Once you've taken care of that first step, the next step will be to share it. But just focus on step number one, writing a lot, saying a couple words, draw, if you want to draw, you want to sketch, take an art class. Just start small, start with small manageable portions and you'll surprise yourself as you take on each biteable, like each small manageable task, the momentum will keep you going. And then you'll surprise yourself with what you produce at the end because that's what happened with me. Living proof. Yeah. Living proof. Living proof. I love it. Thank you so much. And I will see you all at the top of the next episode. Lila, amazing. Thank you so much for this. Thank you for having me.